Scott Adams. What's your name, sweetie? I can't hear a thing. Sure you can. Just pretend you can hear me. It's so loud in my ears. You're loud. Not in my ear. Not in my ear. Um, so this is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back. This is Zen Parenting Radio, episode number 242, I think. What's Zen Parenting Radio, <laughs> sweetie? It's a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. Do you hear me taking pauses? I do. We discuss transformational wisdom, everyday challenges, and pop culture to encourage laughter, self-awareness, and empathy. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 12, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember, sweetie, our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. You got it? Uh Uh-huh. All right. So... Today, we are going to talk about one thing and one thing only. You ready? Uh-huh. Happy. Uh-huh. We all want it. It's all just within our grasp. And the tighter we squeeze, the more quickly it goes out our fingers. Why are we squeezing happy? I don't know. It's. Uh, I think that's a Princess Leia line from Star Wars. I can't really hear myself. Can you turn my headphones up? Ow. Uh, you okay there, Missy? Yes. Which one's yours? I don't know. That one? That one? No, I don't know. That one? I'm turning them off. There's nothing changing. There, that one's better. I'm better now. Okay. Very good. All right. So um, we're going to talk about uh, this article from this guy named Mark Manson. Never heard of him. Uh, but he's got a website and he's a blogger. MarkManson.net. And he wrote this back in 2013. And it's just getting to us now. But the name of it is called Stop Trying to Be Happy. I think I saw it on... Uh, some, it was something on Facebook, someone posted it or some, somebody posted it. A little counterintuitive. Stop trying to be happy. That's kind of weird, but this is an amazing article. We're going to talk all about it, but first we are going to, uh, give you a quick update on our Kickstarter. We're not going to read the names until at the end though. Okay. Uh, but our Kickstarter, our goal was 15,000 smackaroonies. Mm -hmm. And as of the moment of this taping, even though there is no tape, it's all on a little card, Mm -hmm. Um, we have 60 backers that equals 20,626 awesome dollars. That's amazing. Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Too loud, sweetie? Dude, (laughs) it's so loud. Not in my ear. Not in my ear. Um, so I just wanted to say- Why don't you find that clip? Not in my ear. So anyways, not in my ear is from Say Anything. It's from the movie Say Anything, which is on my top 10, not on yours. Joan Cusack says that line. Because her son keeps going, ah, yes, ah. Which is little man. Little man. And she says, not in my ear. Um, okay. So that's the update on Kickstarter. We're going to read the names of the backers that has ba- who have backed us since uh, our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this Zen Parenting, oh, um, I want to say thank you for uh, to our backers. I want to say thank you to people who are giving us iTunes reviews. I actually have two that I'm going to read later on. Okay. I want to say thank you to people who are listening to our show. Okay. And who are sharing our show. Yes, thank you. Um, and I think that's... So I'll, I'll start with this article because <clears throat> there's so much to it. And so the thing that I wanted to start with was the, the differentiation between happiness and pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's um, important. Because I think, you know, one thing that is really important when we're learning about ourselves, self-awareness, but also vital when we're raising children is understanding emotions and the normalcy of emotions. Yeah. One thing I'm excited about 
is it's this Pixar movie is coming out. Yeah, In called, and Out. And yes, and it is about um, Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, In and Out Burger. Yes, you were. Because you're hungry. Um, but yes, Inside Out. I'm is not that, hungry, by the way. You're not. No, I just good. had a bunch of pizza. You did. I did. Was it good? It was good. Okay. Um, I had pasta. Yeah, yours was healthier than mine. With sweetie. broccoli and mushrooms, and I put walnuts on it. No. Pizza. No, mine was really good. Broccoli pasta. Broccoli's so good. So good as in not tasting good to your taste buds. No, because I put I I did a little stir fry and put garlic salt on it. It's really yummy. Anyway, I'm excited about this Pixar movie Inside Out because. Besides that, I've heard it's entertaining. I think it's going to give children the understanding. It's opening of, today. It is? Friday. Oh, the yes, night, yes, the yes, yes, yes. It is opening today. Or Friday the 19th. Yes. Yes. I think it's going to give children the understanding that they have a lot of different voices in their head mm-hmm. and that based on whatever's happening, whatever their past experiences are, what their memories are, um, their situation you know, in the current moment, that those emotions come and go. Mm-hmm. And that they are not static, you know. You know, people are not angry people. It's just someone who gets angry. Right. And I was listening to a uh, in a interview with I think his name's Pete Doctor, and he's the director of Inside Out. Yes. And one of the things he said was that he's done a lot of screenings, pre-screenings uh, with families, and. He said he got a call from a dad who said that his son had been struggling with swimming and uh, diving off the diving board because he'd been so afraid. And after he saw Inside Out, he the next day went off the diving board and dive, you know, dove in. And his dad said, why'd you do that? And he said, well, I realized that the fear in my brain was too in control. Right. And I decided to use my other emotions. Yes. That is powerful. Yes. But – we we have to understand that most of the time, not most of the time, I, that's too strong. A lot of the time as parents, we only allow our children to feel, we only want them to feel certain emotions and we don't um, normalize and validate these others. Well, these we other want emotions. them to feel the good ones, but we don't want them to feel the bad ones. Why? Because it makes us uncomfortable. We, we try and sidestep them. So what ends up happening to people who don't understand that happiness comes and goes, sadness is okay. And the fact, the other thing I wanted to say about Inside Out is Pete Doctor, the director, he correlated, he correlated sadness and happiness. What I mean by that is one thing he figured out as he was writing the the script was that you can't have one without the other and that they're actually partners and that sadness is actually not a negative emotion, but an emotion that connects us Mm. and reminds us that we need each other. And that the only way to understand joy is to understand sadness yes. and vice versa, as uh, Brene Brown has shown in her research, you you can't feel one emotion and not feel another. You're either going to be fully numb to all of them or you're going to experience all of them. So, But what people end up doing, going back to this blog, is they think happiness is pleasure. Okay. So they seek out pleasure thinking that they're finding happiness. Right. But what we know is that pleasure can be very it can be great momentarily and it can be something we can enjoy, mm-hmm. but seeking out pleasure as a form of happiness can become addictive and habitual. Right. 
and I think it would be best to give some examples of what an example of pleasure is versus okay. happiness. Pleasure, uh, food, sex, TV, new stuff, new car, parties, um, losing weight, um, that kind of thing. So none of those things are going to make me happy? Is that what you're telling no, me? No, they can maybe spark some happiness. But if you are seeking those constantly, those kind of pleasure-filled experiences and calling that happiness, then you're missing the bigger version of happiness. And pleasure can often become, like I said, habitual and addictive, meaning you can get a pleasure from a glass of wine. Yeah. But if you're going to have 10 glasses of wine, yeah. you're going to have a problem. Well, and I'll take it, and we may be getting into this a little bit later, but it's not necessarily the, um, I think pleasure is the attainment of it, like the the reaching that goal. So whatever, it's good food, It's but happiness is within the pursuit of that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it is. And sometimes people see, like one of the examples that he gives in here that I think is powerful is, and I'm not going to use his language because it's too strong, but he talks about, you know, if we're seeking pleasure and we are maybe in a relationship or we're married and we find someone else we're attracted to and we're like, well, I could find pleasure with this person. Mm-hmm. And we decide to do that because we think that's happiness right. or that we're going to find happiness. We may get the pleasure but we're left with a feeling of discontentment. So do you think it would be helpful to us and our listeners to under, to um, look at a situation and, and distinguish between, like in your own head, is this something that's going to make me happy or is this me simply seeking out pleasure for the moment? Completely different things, right? Because right. there is... there. But, but we mix those two things absolutely. up all the time. We'll say, well, that will make me happy. Yeah. And really, it's just a pleasure-seeking thing. And I'm going to use his words because I okay. think he's kind of summed it up for us. Pleasure... This is so funny. I I said false God in the last thing about in our last podcast about money. And he says, pleasure is a false God. Research shows that people who focus their energy on materialistic and superficial pleasures end up more anxious and more emotionally. Hold Mm. on. There's a page turning situation. Unstable and less happy in the long run. Pleasure is the most superficial form of life satisfaction and therefore the easiest. Mm -hmm. Now that's so interesting. And now here's the most important thing. The reason that we seek pleasure all the time is, as he said, that's what's marketed to us. Right. The billboards, the commercials, the sports, the it's mar- pleasure is marketed to us. Yeah, think of any car commercial or beer commercial or anything like that. It is all about pleasure. Have a beer and you'll be happy. Yeah. Be surrounded by girls who are barely dressed and you'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Um, buy this car, buy this house and you'll be happy. Right. And and when that really is, and it's important to note that that will make you happy for that first moment or for that first day. It will give you pleasure. Right. It will give you pleasure. Yes. But, and I think the difference is pleasure is- um, Quick fix. A quick fix- Happiness is a what does he say? It's something inside of you. Yeah, it's a sense of to me. And again, I I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I'll just kind of sum this up in the way that I think about happiness. To me, happiness is when I okay. I'll speak for myself. To me, happiness is when I feel most like myself, Mm -hmm. when I feel aligned with my own values, when I feel like I'm making choices that are true to who I am, when I am connected to something greater, meaning yeah. that I'm connected to this alignment or or which 
is a part of who I am, but right. it, you feel in flow. Yeah. That to me is happiness. Now, can I feel that way and also enjoy pleasure and mm-hmm. have a glass of wine? Sure. Yeah. But they are not the same. Mm-hmm. And that's the mix up. Yes. Is that we happiness is that sense of authenticity and that sense of connection and that sense of alignment that we all have all the time that we can access, right? Well, and when I think of pleasure, I think it's a goal, whereas happiness is the the means towards that goal. Yeah. It is the work that, you know, say you want to buy a million dollar house. It's not when you clo- leave the closing table and you own that million dollar house. It is the ride that you took to get to the point of when you know, it's that the whole process. Thing. It's the process. And the thing is, is sometimes when people say that, they're like, no, the the process of getting there was difficult. Well, it can be, but you can find happiness even in the midst of challenges. What, you know, one thing I used to say on this show all the time, and I don't do this anymore, even though I could, because I still practice it, is we would talk about doing one brave thing, mm-hmm. um, because that was something that was very helpful to me, is every day I'd be like, I'm going to do one brave thing. And for some people may view that in one way, my brave thing is like, today I'm going to call this person that I've been meaning to call. Mm-hmm. This is brave for me. Or today I'm going to go in and ask someone a question I haven't asked and I yeah. should have. And those kind of experiences, they're uncomfortable. Yeah. They're a challenge. But how do I feel after I do it? Feel like you accomplished something. I feel so good and happy yeah. because I feel an alignment with who I am. Right. Because that's really my true core values is I don't want to... I don't want to pretend I don't need to make this doctor's appointment. I don't want to pretend that I don't owe someone an apology. I don't want to live in that false world of denial. I want to like walk through it. But that doesn't mean that it's all pleasurable. Mm -hmm. That means that it takes – it's some struggle Well, he talks about parenting. You know, why in God's good name do we want to – bring people into this world because it's hard. Yes. Before they even show up. When you're pregnant, you're miserable yeah. for the first trimester because these babies took every ounce of goodness they from took you. They food. They took everything. It's hard. Why would you subject yourself to that? Yeah. It's because of the struggle and it's because we will leave this earth knowing that we did our best to leave the world in a little bit better place with the, um, you know, with a human being right. being left here. And the process of happy is that learning experience, that kind of move. I, I visualize like moving through the mud, like you walking forward, but sometimes it's a little mucky. Like yeah. sometimes it's, and sometimes it's really clear and easy. Right. Um, but that part of the, it's like you said, it's the process. It's not the end result because we all know, we can all think of goals we've had. Um, you know, I, I want this, I want this experience. I, I want to move to this place or what I'll think about for myself is I thought once I publish a book, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's going to be the biggest thing. Why, once I had that book in my hand, it meant nothing. We, ha- we all have those stories. It's, it's a process of getting there. It's the excitement of moving toward what you love. When I you know, when I get married, when I have a kid, when I make X amount of money in my paycheck, right? You're all, we're always as human beings satisfied for a second and then it's what's next. And here's how we can turn that around for ourselves. Instead of being self-depreciating and saying, gosh, what's wrong with us human beings? We're always wanting more. Instead, look at what the process of happy means. Instead of saying, God, why can't we just be satisfied? We can, but what is satisfying is a process. Yes. So do you see what I'm saying? Like instead of saying- But that's confusing. 
It to is, most of us. It, it is. And, and it's a process to understand that it's a process. Yes. Is that the reason why mindfulness is about understanding the power of now and being present is obviously, first of all, because that's all that exists. Nothing else exists. But it's- What do you mean you it, that's all that exists? Because it's all that exists. What? The present moment. That's all we have? That's it. We don't have yesterday? No. We don't have tomorrow? No. All we have is right now? Correct. That's all we'll ever have? Um, that's all we'll ever have. Yeah. Were you trying to test me to see yeah, if I was going to break? Well, were you, I, were you I trying think, to break my spirit? Well, I think there's a lot of people out there be like, what do you mean that's all we have? And because you and I have read Eckhart a million times, or at least I have. Well, not just Eckhart. I know. Every but mindfulness that's the first teacher. person I think of. Yeah. Is that's really all there is. Well, and think about it this way. Um, of course, it's all we have because it's the only thing that's real. And you would say, well, I have my history. Well, those are memories that are stored in your brain. And those are memories that you're appreciating in this very moment. Right. And future hasn't occurred. So that's yeah. an easy one to say yeah. doesn't exist. Um, but so what was I saying? Oh, that if we can understand that the process is the joy, then it's easier to lean into joy. Meaning a lot of times when we feel a surge of happiness, like, oh, this is really fun. Mm-hmm. We get the fear of, but it's not always going to be fun or the other shoe's going to drop or what what's going to go wrong. <clears throat> and the practice that we need to embrace, and it, we can call it a gratitude practice or a happy practice or a joy practice, you call it whatever you want, is recognizing that the joy you're feeling right now or the happy you feel in that moment, you got to embrace it. And what does it mean to embrace it? You can't hold it. It's not about controlling it. It's allowing yourself to feel it. Right. Maybe even saying out loud, I love this moment right now. What I'm feeling, I love. Because that's a practice in gratitude. And know that it's not going to last forever. Exactly. But you don't need to go there. Yeah. Because, see, that's what we do yeah. is we'll feel a surge of happiness and we'll say, but I'm not always going to feel this way. So you ruin it. Right. You, you lose it. I just it. ruined it. You ruined it. I, you were, I ruined uh, it. I want to uh, talk about if happiness is the same as being positive, sweetie. You know what? I want to get there. But can you go back a page? Because I love what you're going to go to, but I want to talk about the popular narrative. Okay. Okay. I want to read this because this is sometimes our pessimistic culture or the way that we're, again, you know, depreciating. This is from Mark Manson's blog. A popular narrative lately is that people are becoming unhappier because we're all narcissistic and grew up being told that we're special, unique snowflakes who are going to change the world. And we have Facebook constantly telling us how amazing everybody else's lives are, but yeah. not our own. So we feel like crap and we wonder where it went wrong. Oh, and all of this happens by 23. And then his comment is, sorry, no. Give people more credit than that. And that's what I kind of always feel like whenever anybody's like, people are so narcissistic and people and people, I go, what people? Yeah. Tell me about these people. And I'm not saying they're, we may know one or two, but I'm like, tell me about all the people you love. Oh, this person's great. This person's great. This person's great. Well, then not everybody's like that. Yeah. And the thing is, is telling children that they're special or you know, being optimistic or having, you know, putting a spin on things that help you view it in a positive way. It doesn't ruin our lives. Right. It only ruins our lives if we're if we're in a state of denial, which mm-hmm. is, I think, what you want to get to, mm-hmm. a state of denial about that things ebb and flow. Yeah. When we pretend we don't have challenges, that's where we're, that's denial. Right. But when we embrace happiness or our specialness, because each of us are special, none of us are the same. Yep. So it's not about being more special than another. Mm-hmm. It's not com- competitive. It's that we're all special. Right. And our ego wants to compare right. and divide. Right. And what you're saying and is conquer. when we're living inside our heart, as I like to say, it's kind of a 
movie line sort of from Sling Blade, which yes. I love. Yeah. That boy, he lives inside his heart. Mm. That was pretty good. That's a mighty big place to live. Mm. Mm. I love Carl. Carl. And Frank. And Frank. And then they grew up and did Friday Night Lights together. I know. I know. That's a great movie. Yeah. That might be in my top 15. The movie or Sling Blade? Uh, Friday Night Lights or Sling Blade? Uh, Sling Blade the movie. Mm-hmm. God, that's so good. Yeah. Dwight Yoakam. Dwight, we can't say the favorite, our favorite line no, from Dwight Yoakam. No, a lot of cursing, but uh, yeah, get Sling Blade, but don't what watch it with your song? kids. Can you, can you bring up the song that they play on Sling Blade? Oh, my God. There's a scene while Todd's pulling it it's up. so bad. Where the band likes to, you know, Dwight Yoakam's band, they like to play outside at parties. Nobody's there except like five people, and their band is really bad. <laughs> or actually, they think they're good. Yeah, it's just a really bad band. Oh my god, that movie's so good. I'm a wordsmith. Dot dot dot. <laughs> the dots are are where I say they are. <laughs> this guy. Okay. So anyway, we you can don't move- ever play any songs that y'all wrote. I ain't heard one of them. Y'all just talk. We don't even play any songs with words at all that I remember. <laughs> we ain't got no <laughs> microphone. Oh, whoops. We ain't got no speaker set up. Yeah, I got a. New tune and some compositions entitled The Thrill. Go something like this. I stand on the hill, not for a thrill. Okay. okay that's too so long. you're going to have to listen to the movie or watch the movie to see that whole thing, but my goodness. So wrapping that up is the, the whole idea of the popular narrative. The reason I read that is because I don't like it when people overgeneralize the population and say that everybody is one way and uh, or that everything is like this because of this. If you remember from our last show, we talked about overdetermination and how we try and simplify things. And really there's so many factors and there's multiple factors and it's different for every person. So let's move on to happiness is not the same as positivity. Well, this is interesting because I feel like this is more my baggage, but it basically says it's not the same as positivity. I've I've often said about you and I doing this podcast is that people think we're Pollyannish. And I I never hear that anymore. I, I don't... I think it's my own yeah, projection I I over too. what people think. And I'll give you an example. Like we always talk about how I don't watch the 10 o'clock news because right. 10 o'clock news is – and a lot of my friends would be like, well, you're an idiot. You get, need to stay informed. But there's nothing good that comes out of watching the 10 o'clock news. But, and again, I think you're saying this. But my question is, does, do people really say that to you still? Because they used to say that to me five years ago, but I feel like nobody About said. the podcast or about the 10 Did o'clock news? Did someone ever say to you, you're Pollyannish or you should watch the news? Yes, my buddy. I just had lunch with him. I just told you that oh. story. Okay, so he says you still need to watch the news. Yeah, to stay informed. Okay. 10 o'clock, local Chicago news. Have okay. fun with well, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, but it doesn't mean that this author, God bless him, Mark Manson, uh, he, he says, you know, there's a lot of people out there who subscribe to always be positive ideology. These people should be avoided just as much as someone who thinks the world is an endless pile of blank. So wait, where did you, you, you kind of jumped into that without... It's the one, two, three, fourth paragraph on page six. On page six. Okay. 
Okay, the always be positive ideology people? Yes. Yes, okay. If, you, if your standard of happiness is that you're always happy no matter what, then you've been watching way too much of Leave it to Beaver. Got it. And, but, but what I'll say is, and this is something good about our podcast, is we talk about negativity or releasing your negative emotions, for lack of a better term, quite often. Well, and I so don't... So it's not pretending not to be angry or sad or frustrated, but it is where are you going to direct your attention? Yeah, because I view this as somebody who's just inauthentic. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like when someone is, it's it's not someone who speaks positively and looks at something with rose-colored glasses. It's someone who's like, everything is fine. Nothing mm-hmm. bothers me. You can see right through those Authenticity. People. Authenticity. Feeling your feelings yeah. as they actually present themselves to you. And, you know, I think the reason that we can... Okay, I, I have an example for you. I just listened to another interview. Lay it on me. Jennifer Beals. I oh, listened yeah. to her interview. I used to have a big crush on her. Did you? Yes. Uh, the guy, my the podcast that you always tell me about uh, on off camera, um, he interviewed Jennifer Beals. And she told a story. If you're going to play something, put a finger up so I know. No so problem. We don't talk I always do that. No, you don't. Just I end up kidding. talking right into over the right. whatever you do. So she, her dad died when she was eight or nine. And... She had two siblings and her mom, and it was pretty devastating. And so she said, we had no money, and my mom got us in the car and drove us to Colorado. She lived in Chicago. Mm. She's from Chicago, South Side. And she said, we were all just struggling. You know, it's hard enough being on a road trip. And then the three of us in the back seat, and we're missing our dad, my yeah. dad. And she said, she drove us to Colorado, and, we, and she took us up to a top of a mountain, mm. you know, and she said, and my mom stood at the top of the mountain and she said, kids, look how beautiful it is. Mm. And she said, something clicked in me where I got it. Mm. And what my mom was trying to say was, everything that just happened is real. Yeah. And we, things are going to be different. And this is sad, but look at how beautiful the world is. Yeah. And that's what, to me, I, that's how I view things yeah. is not in denial of yeah. sadness and grief, but in the midst, you you were just talking about this, you learned this with your apartment buildings, in the midst of sadness and grief, you can still see that the world is beautiful. Right. So Jennifer Beale's mom was not necessarily escaping no. her feelings. No. She was directing her energy towards something that is as beautiful as the story or the last week of her life is as sad. She wanted to give her kids perspective. Mm-hmm. And I and they didn't dive into this and it wasn't an interview with her mom, so I can't read her mind, but I think the way Jennifer interpreted it as is that her mom was trying to give them a new perspective right. of you everything you're feeling I'm not going to talk you out of I'm just as grief stricken as you are yeah. but now let's look at the world yep. and so that's the shift um can we move on to the next section yes. happiness is the process of becoming your ideal self so we've been talking about what happiness isn't so far sort of but now the author goes okay. into what it is. Yes. And basically, and he gives some examples. Completing a marathon makes us happier than eating a chocolate cake. Raising a child makes us happier than beating a video game. Starting a small business with friends and struggling to make money makes us happier than buying a new computer. So yes. it, it it's this is uh, an example of what it is that you're striving for. If you're striving to feel pleasure by eating chocolate cake, it's fleeting. But completing a marathon is something positive, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel good about yourself. And it's a, like we said, it's a process. How often do we feel good about ourselves after we've eaten that chocolate cake? Mm-hmm. But how often do we feel good about ourselves after we've completed a marathon? Two completely different things, right? And right. to your point, 
it's not fun doing a marathon. I've done one of them. Mm-hmm. I'll never do another one again. Mm-hmm. I couldn't walk up or downstairs for a week. Ugh, it's brutal. Painful. Um, but the training of it was, I don't want to say it was, it was really hard, but it was still it, it, I, the sense of accomplishment that it's I purposeful. received. And it was purposeful. Mm-hmm. I was treating my body well. I was, I had moved in a certain direction in my life where I wanted to do things differently. So, um, doing the marathon was really hard, yet it gave me much more happiness than things that are quote unquote pleasurable. Right. And, you know, um, I was watching a masterclass with Simon Cowell a while ago, years ago. And, and one of the questions that he was asked is, you know, what was your most favorite time? Like, mm-hmm. is it now? Cause you're doing all these parties and, and it, it was post American Idol, but he was still doing X factor and, you know, cause he was having all these parties and he's like, no, he goes, this isn't the happiest time of my life. It was when I was Struggling. dreaming yeah. about getting here. Yep. That was fun. Yep. And he said, that's what I miss. And don't you hear that from so many people, All the time. not just famous people, but that, you know, when, when were you most elated when I had the idea for my company, mm-hmm. when I, when I start for me, when I had ideas of what I wanted to write about. Well, and probably when you're uh, challenged, you're poor, you're hungry. Yeah. Like those are like being poor and hungry. doesn't sound like very happy, but most people who quote unquote make it look back on their life like, man, I was happy, but they even miss it. They they missed it because they were so afraid. Yeah. Like, don't we do that like with our 20s? Like, we'll look back and be like, man, that was so much fun. We weren't having fun. Yeah. We were like, I mean, we were having That was having a pleasureful fun. decade. It was. Very selfish. Very I loved selfish. my 20s. Me too. And I did too. But really when I put myself back in those environments, like when I go back to college and I'm like, oh, we're going to relive this, I'm reminded of how I really felt and I was afraid. I was trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. I wasn't reveling in it. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and I just think that that is... The process of getting somewhere, the purposeful process of being aligned with yourself and feeling connected to what you're doing is what happiness comes from. Yep. So why and, – and we don't have to – it doesn't have to be about work. Yeah. Let me be clear because we're talking about careers and, yeah. and that kind of thing. It is when you feel like I get excited about making a new vision board. Yeah. And I get such a thrill about right. thinking about what I'm going to put on it. And it has nothing to do with – I mean it, it may have something to do with work, but that's not what it's about. Yeah. It's not I'm going to make the vision board so I make money. Yeah. It's this is me for myself putting out all the feelings I'm having and it is like – it's like the best work I've ever done. And my counter – not counterpoint, but my example is when I am – playing a game in the front yard with the girls or if there's a bunch of neighborhood neighborhood kids around like i think i am at my most authentic self yes because i'm loud i am funny i am silly that is when i feel like i am being what does he say because to try to be happy implies that you're not already inhabiting inhabiting your ideal self you're not aligned with the qualities of who you wish to be. After all, if you were acting out of your ideal self, then you wouldn't feel the need to try to be happy. So he talks about how you should never try to be happy. You should just... And exactly. And and you may have read, you may have read this from the same kind of paragraph, but, or this close to here, but it's these sort of activities which allow us to become our ideal selves. It's the perpetual pursuit of fulfilling our ideal selves, which grants us happiness, regardless of superficial pleasure or pain, regardless of positive or negative emotions. And that's what I mean. When you're playing outside, you are 
in alignment with yourself. When I am making, and it's not, and I'm just using a vision board because I said this already, or when I'm teaching, mm-hmm. like one thing that I say to Todd, and, and this is true on the show too, is sometimes when I'm talking, I don't even remember what I said. Yeah, it means you're in flow. I'm in flow. I'm in alignment. I'm just saying what I love. I'm speaking what I know. I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm just sharing of myself in the most authentic way I can. And that is just pure happiness. Yeah. And it's not about well, I share of myself and that share of myself, and then somebody gives me a big title, yeah. or somebody gives me money. Those could be pleasurable, mm-hmm. but that's not why you're doing it. Yeah. That's got nothing to do with it. So here, in my opinion, is the most important statement okay. of the whole article. It's not that happiness itself is in you; it's that happiness occurs when you decide to pursue what's, what's in, in you. you. Yep, that's it. And I think that pretty much sums up the whole thing. Now, here's the thing. I'm a guy, I'm a husband, I'm a father. A lot of us men derive our value based off of our careers or the fact that we can provide uh, you know, food and a house for our family. So a, a lot of guys are not supposed to you know, being an accountant is not what's inside of them. The poor accountants. The poor accountants. We're always throwing accountants under the bus. We love you, accountants. So so my advice, if you happen to find yourself in a vocation where you know it's not what you're supposed to be doing, that came out the wrong way. When you know it's... When you don't feel in alignment with yourself. Exactly. Now, a lot of people would take that information and decide... Um, they would decide that they're stuck. They can't, they're stuck in their vocation because they have a mortgage, they have a marriage, they cannot get out of it. And here's the thing. I'm not telling the accountant who hates his job to quit his job because he has real world bills to pay. But what he can do is get in touch with whatever that thing is, whatever it is, playing the piano, playing with neighborhood kids, um, playing softball, whatever that thing is. Right. They can... Keep being an accountant for now and slowly make moves towards whatever that thing may be. Or keep being an accountant, but make sure they incorporate this the alignment in their lives, yeah. meaning you maybe you don't change your job. Like Todd said, I think the more authentic you become, the more every part of your life becomes authentic. So it may be hard right. to do something you don't feel like you're in your full integrity anymore doing. Right. Um, but if you needed to stay in a job, because that's just the way life is today, you need to stay there, come home and then play softball in the front yard. Right. Come home and and do your hobby, mm-hmm. whatever that is, whatever makes you feel like you. And some people will get simplistic and say, what makes me feel like me is watching TV. No, that's pleasure. Yeah, right. And you can watch TV. I watch 30 Rock every night. Mm-hmm. You know, we all love our our pleasure-seeking things, but that's different than all these examples we're given. Right. You know, I something I notice a lot of our friends, uh, I notice on Facebook, they participate in these like activities on the weekend, like races, yeah. like, and not only they're are being these, childlike, they are in a great way. Not only are they doing like a bike race yeah. or a marathon or a half marathon, but obviously sometimes it has purpose under it, like it's for breast cancer mm-hmm. or it's for kids' yeah. health or it's for. It, there's always this like purpose underneath it. So it's multi-layered yeah. alignment. Yeah. It's like not only am I going to train for this race, but I'm also 
helping raise money for a good cause. You feel so full. Mm -hmm. And I think those kind of things become addictive, but I don't mean that in a bad way. They become good addictive. Well, and then they go drink beer after the race. Yeah, that, like, and that's pleasure. That's pleasure. That's great. And they balance those that's two right. things out. Um, so, yeah, the uh, we we re- I recently read that um, should must book. Yeah, and it talks a lot about that. Is and I'll go back to the accountant example one more time. Is what we can't do, what we cannot afford to do as men. I'll talk to the men. Is regret that your life ended up doing. You know, let's assume that you don't want to be an accountant, but you're an accountant. You don't just resign to the fact, well, this is just the way it is. And you throw your hands up in the air. Just move, whatever it is. He talks about this in an article. You got to make a move towards something. It doesn't mean you quit your job, but you take a class that you always wanted to take. You know, whatever that thing is, because if you sit there, things stagnate. And then once things stagnate, they become still and it's harder to get any mojo going. Absolutely. And one step shifts everything, meaning one step creates a wave. But that's why I wanted to read that paragraph uh, about 10 minutes ago about the narrative of our society, Mm -hmm. how people are this or people are that. And we take these narratives and these stories and then we somehow feel feel normalized or justified for just seeking pleasure instead of understanding what true happiness is for ourselves because we say things like, well, that's just not possible or nobody can have that job or that job doesn't exist or I don't have time for it or nobody will let me or that's not available. And that's kind of what we like to talk about on this show is you don't even know what's available. You don't even know what exists. And maybe something that you love doesn't exist today, but it'll exist in a year. And maybe if you just take steps towards your dreams, as we always say, Joseph Campbell says, you know, follow your bliss, move in the direction of your dreams. And that paragraph that Todd was just talking about in this article, this Mark Manson article, With regards to being happy, it seems the best advice is the simplest. Imagine who you want to be and step towards it. Dream big and then do something, anything. The simple act of moving it all will change how you feel about the entire process and serve to inspire you further. Mm -hmm. It what I remember one summer um, when I was in college and I had to take all these classes because long story, I changed my major to education, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I thought to myself, if I'm going to take classes this summer, I'm at least going to take one of them that I love. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I may have to do this and this, but I'm also going to do this. Yeah. And I took this class um, where it, it's the class where we studied um, Ivan Iliak mm. and for the death of Ivan Iliak, Tolstoy. Mm-hmm. And that was a life-changing story for me. Mm. And I got very attached to it. And it's interesting because then that was when I was in college. But then as I grew, as I got older and started reading more about personal growth, I found how many people identified with that story. Um, And if you don't know the story of Ivan Iliak is that when he's on his deathbed, he actually realizes he never lived. Yeah. And he realizes that he never truly tried to love his wife. He never even attempted to enjoy his job. Yeah, I think the quote, I could be wrong at the end of the book is, what if my whole life were wrong? What if it was wrong? Yeah. And you know, I was just reading upstairs before Todd and I came downstairs to do this show. I was reading The Vanity Fair with Caitlyn Jenner. And that's one of her main points in the article about her you know, transition is she knew that if she were to become ill or older or be on her deathbed that she would always, she would say, I didn't live my life. I didn't come into the world who I was supposed to be. And it's never too late because Caitlin is now how old? 65. 65. And, you know, 
It's never too late. Never. And um, yeah, it's just amazing. And so, you know. Um, know. Last line of this awesome blog guy. Yeah. Um, let go of the imagined result. It's not necessary. The fantasy and the dream are merely tools to get you off your blank. You it, can say it. Off your ass. It doesn't matter if they come true or not. Live, man. Just live. Stop trying to be happy and just be. Love that guy. Well, and you know what? how that relates to us is I think one of the things I've learned with with this work because I feel so aligned with and not just the podcast but writing and teaching and the things I like to talk about is it doesn't matter what the outcome is. I often leave teaching gigs and forget that I'm supposed to get paid. I've left before and they've said, we didn't give you your money and I would have never even known. Because you're in alignment, sweetie. Well, because I'm happy. Like, And again, people will go, but I got to pay bills. I know you're right. And I eventually call them and say, I forgot to get paid. Right. You know, like it's not that, it's not that you then. It's more a clue into. It's a clue. uh, Yeah. It's an insight. It's a clue. It was something that you would do no matter what. And it doesn't have to be a career, but what's your hobby? What do you love? And quit making excuses for it or saying it's not important. If it feels good to you, it's important. Sweetie, what about our iTunes reviews? I didn't see them. Read them. We have two new ones. One is by SnadyB64. She called it Zenderful. Oh, that's cute. I look forward to each and every episode. I press pause at least two or three times while listening to jot down a little wisdom nugget. Thanks for putting it out there. Keep on trucking, Sandy B. Thank you, Sandy. And the other one is from Wordy19. Fantabulous. I love these, this wordplay. Five stars. The show always makes me feel better after listening. Sometimes I don't know if I will connect to subject matter, but always do take away so much. Glad to have ZPR as, as my husband and I raise our two boys. Thanks, Todd and Kathy. Thank you. So get your iTunes review in. I think we're at 199. (gasps) So who's going to be 200? I don't know. Who is going to be 200? We'll read it on, uh, on the next, uh, show. I want to do... I don't know. Is that for... That's for the 200 person. Oh, I thought maybe that was for our Kickstarter people. So talk about our Kickstarter. Um, so... We have some people to thank. We now have, because people are listening to this on Friday, only five days left of five this days. campaign. So what... Actually, or yay. Happy. Yeah, because not only did we reach our goal, but we're doing what's called a stretch goal, mm-hmm. which is to, you know, enhance this whole experience for people allow them to buy tickets, um, keep buying tickets, allow people to become sponsors and vendors, and also, you know, obviously give people the opportunity to support us if they'd like. Um, but the more people that buy their tickets and become sponsors and vendors, the more possibilities for the conference. Yeah, we want to do a lot more things. And the only way we can do that is with um, people jumping on board. Yeah. So we are dreaming big and we already have really good uh, – we both feel really good in our gut about how great a day, a oh, weekend this gonna is going to be. Awesome. Be. It's going to be awesome. Um, but then, as these people jump on board, like some of the people who have jumped in as sponsors and vendors, I'm just in awe of what they do. Yeah. So I'm I'm feeling partnered with. Like yeah. I'm feeling like we're doing this, but all these other people who do similar work in the world, maybe not the exact same thing, yeah, coming together, but same kind of intention. Yep. We're coming together. Yep. So, are you ready for me to read? I am ready. So. Number 55 is Rita Highland Coaching. 
she is a sponsor oh. and a vendor. Ooh, double whammy. And it, double in uh, she's got amazing stuff, not only products, but she's also have her, her coaching services. She also does classes. And if you guys remember, she was on our show because her daughter Casserly. is Casserly, who was the girl who got cut from her soccer team, who handled it so maturely. Um, and Rita is her mom, and she's an amazing coach, and I recommend her to everybody I know. So Rita is one of our sponsors and vendors. RitaHighland.com, sweetie. Thank you. And number 56 is Nicole and Michael Pulia. Thank you. And Nicole, I hope I'm saying your last name correctly, but I think I am, and we know you because we recognize your name from comments and Facebook stuff. Number 57 is Patricia Harlem Poudis. You think I did that right, Todd? I think she's Greek. I think so too. And I love that name. Number 58, uh, Mary Poliath. Thank you. Number 59 is our next sponsor. Our next sponsor is Our Whole Village. Very cool uh, business that helps families find travel experiences that are family friendly and also global. So it's like they I don't they create experiences for families that may be difficult for us to do on our own because we don't have the wealth of information that they do. The name of the website is ourholdvillage.com. Experience the world as a family. Do you dream about exploring the world with your kids? Do you want them to become mindful individuals who are curious, confident, compassionate, and who will do amazing things in the world? Do you want to be the best parent you can be and grow with them? We do too. So thank you. You did a much better job than I did. Such a cool website. It was website. just off the top of my head, oh, sweetie. Yeah. Um, but Patricia, that's her business, and she is one of our sponsors, and we're so pleased to have her. Number 60 is Heather. <laughs> I think that's our wise insight. Friswell? Friend. Yeah, I think that's Heather. I love Heather. Well. I hope she can come to the conference. Me too. And then number 61 is our friend Jenny Zabraki. Who was also on our show. She was on our show. She did the show about um, adoption. Thank you. Um, so thank you to everybody. Um, that's 61 backers. We really um, feel deep gratitude for people who are jumping on. And we know that it's, you know, we know that they're jumping on because they're going to get something out of it too. Right. Um, but we still feel very... Uh, thankful that they're willing they're to yeah. come together with us. They're leaping, and they're the net will appear. They're 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 taking a faith leap. Yes, they are, and we appreciate Just like we it. Are. Cause so are we. Um, this episode of Zen Parenting Radio is brought to you by Zen Parenting Radio, sweetie. Oh yes, it's our Friday show. Yes. So if there's any uh, people out there that have companies or want to. Uh, partner with us on the podcast itself. Please uh, shoot me an email at zenparentingradio.com. You should play that Bad Friday song that JC always sings. What's it called? It's called Friday, and I think the girl who sings it is her name is Rebecca Black. And it was like kind of a, I think her parents helped her make a video and it went viral. And then, but it was, I think, disliked more than liked, but it's kind of one of those songs that gets. Yeah. I, I think so. Downstairs, gotta have my bowl, gotta have cereal. Seeing everything, the time is going, ticking on and on. Everybody's rushing, gotta get down to the bus stop. This song's kind of bad. For real. It's got 80 million views. That's the thing. 
I think it became kind of a viral sensation, as you would say. Um, I was, you know, the uh, show today was about happy. So this is a song called Happy. Is this the Stones? It is. So we're going to end with this, sweetie. All right. I didn't know this song was called Happy. It says Happy. It's from XL on Main Street. Makes me happy. Okay. Stones. I've been a Beatles person. I'm not a Stones person. Yeah, but Stones are pretty good. Um, my favorite Stone song, Sympathy for the Devil. What's yours? Uh, favorite Stone song. Paint it black, maybe? What's the one from Casino that I like so much? The one that Martin Scorsese oh, uses. Oh, Street Fighting Man or Midnight Rambler. Oh, Midnight Rambler is my favorite song. No, the, the one that he uses in the... Martin Scorsese always uses the same song. Let me find it, sweetie. This one? Yes, that one. Do they say give me shelter in the song? Yeah. It's kind of like Billy and Billy Corgan and... Don't you be taking shots at Billy. They like call songs things that they don't say. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Sort of. Yeah, this is a good song. Let's end with this one, sweetie. Okay. All right, so thank you, everybody. You're awesome. And uh, Five more days of the campaign, so if you want to jump in, now's the time. Please support us. We'd love to have you. And um, we hope you guys have a great weekend. True that. Enjoy your summer. Adios.